Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Uh, certainly one of the more unique podcasts that we've done. Um, as as you can hear, I am I am masked uh, because I have I have COVID, uh, and Noah is in town in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> so currently, actually, I need to I do need to take a photo of this. Yeah, this uh, is right. people have to see what this is all yeah. about. All right, so here's, here's our podcast. Yeah. Got a photo of that. Um, yeah, it's not it's not great, but we're a good twelve feet away from each other, uh, doing doing a podcast. Me with a mask on because I literally have uh, actual COVID. Um, I stayed really careful for a very long period <laughs> of time. <laughs> Noah, uh, let me let me just say first off, welcome into the podcast. It's been a month. Yes. How are you? I hope I hope everything is well with you guys. Um, you doing okay? I'm okay. <laughs> like as soon as things start getting like positive, like we're on the up and up, feeling good, ready to go, and you're like, it's all coming to an end. No, it's so. <laughs> listen, you you guys, if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that I tend to make jokes when I'm very uh, <laughs> miserable and unhappy and and things, and so I might make a one or two COVID jokes along the way. Uh, I, I, I do have a mild case. It's not been a fun day today. Uh, but I also at the same time do know that, um, while I might not be able to celebrate Christmas with my daughter in the way that I had planned or with my family, the way I'd planned, there are lots of people who are not getting to celebrate Christmas with loved ones at all. Um, and so that's kind of my mentality today. So please know if I, if I make some jokes along the way, it's just a coping mechanism. It's just a coping mechanism, <laughs> and I'm I'm fully cognizant of the fact that, yeah. Yeah, I mean everything. Talk about you know, we heard we heard of uh, Omicron and coming out a week ago, Jeez, and man. then the landscape has drastically changed in this amount of time. Where even today, I know six people that are tested positive. Yep. I know New York is a shit show right now. Yes. Um, and yeah, you, you dealt with your own situation, haven't you? Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a rough week. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, the, the hard part for me is just not going to be able to, uh, my daughter, you're going to see her in, in like 30 minutes. She's a block away from me. Um, and I've seen her from a distance for a couple of times, uh, the last couple of days, but not being able to celebrate Christmas in the way that both of us would like, um, and her ability to handle things from a seven-year-old level um, 
she's not able to comprehend it. You know, right. that what's that I'm okay, that I'm going to be okay. Right. Um, and that has been really, really hard the last couple of days. It's just for me, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to be okay, but shit, man. We're, yeah. We're going to be Debbie Downers for the rest of the podcast. Most likely some <laughs> positive here and there, but I well, will. So I, it's a standard podcast. A standard podcast, but I, I, I will have to say I'm happy for you. Uh, Thanks. I'm, I'm at your new place. I know. I wish been, I had it. Like, I was I so know. excited. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we wanted to see the whole thing. You have <laughs> sewer cat that I wanted to shake hands with. Yeah, but, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm happy for you. I know yeah. Tulsa has been an adjustment for you regardless. Yeah. And, you know, it was exhausting and you want to do right by, you know, your daughter. But you you, you have a home now. And, yep. and it's... You know, it's actually a home. It's, it's a, even though your body's in disarray and your cat beat the shit out of you today. <laughs> that's, that's a different. That's story. a different subject. But yes, I have scars. <laughs> you have scars because uh, your cat was nearly attacked by a dog and it wasn't uh, attacked. They just she the dog just wanted to sniff her. <laughs> just just a sniff. And then Audrey came after me. And I'm happy for you. And it's exciting. It really is. Yeah. Um, you are going to be playing in January. I'm going to be playing tennis. I'm it's go- not in the country you want to be in. Um, it's not in our country. Yeah, but we don't have tennis tournaments in our country. We anyway. do. Cleveland and Columbus. Oh, yeah. Do we just... We should have a separate division of, that is solely Ohio. Ohio. Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> um, JJ Wolf, number one in the world. And then Torvald is top 10. Probably. Yes, 100%. Uh-huh. Um I know it's so weird. I got myself to a place feeling good, ready, motivated. Um, actually, read a book, which you know, I actually thought I was illiterate for the longest time. Mm. Um, but I'm going to South America. I'm starting the year in South America. Obviously, this is probably the worst year starting ranking I've had since pre-college, even. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm motivated. I'm excited, um, and I understand that it could get worse before it gets better still. But I'm there. I, I want to grind on the clay. I want to be out there. I want to be putting the work, and you know, I, I have a goal of 99 in the world by year end. So that's that's what I'm at right now. I'm, I'm you know, I, I think we've had podcasts. And we can go back, and you know, I spoke about just having fun and getting back into that. Yeah, I'm kind of past that. I'm, I'm at this point where. It's not the recipe for success for me anymore. I want the motivation. I want to be out there. I want to, you know, be a nightmare for people on the court, and and that's where I'm at right now. So South America it is to start the year. Uh, so I yesterday I actually recorded a a, a vlog, a, a a video podcast, if you will, with Philip Fama. Yes. Um, who, who asked about you, and I I I bring it up because I talked about two things. I wanted kind of relate to you. Yes. I talked about Stefan Kozlov, how he always needs to play on an edge. Mm. And I wonder if that is now at a point where you're kind of that same, where you kind of need that. Um, what do you describe as an edge though? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it always seemed when Kozlov was in this like kind of angry, like fuck the world type of a mode, like fuck you, fuck that guy, fuck you as well. Fuck everybody up in the stands. Right, he like, has that asshole. It's just like, he he's needs. just like, but I mean it like I don't he, off the, off the court. Right, he's not just, asshole. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, not yeah. at all. But he's just like, fuck this. I'm going to kick your ass. Right. And I feel like you, you weren't there at all. And so I'm wondering if that's kind of where your brain's at. It is. It's, it's something that did come natural for a long period of time. Um, and actually it goes pretty hand in hand with the book I just read, Alter Ego. It's kind of going mm. into that, you know, separate body, separate persona. Um, it's, it's just a bird. 
No. Oh, oh thing, one of the pecans. The bird, bird dropped. <laughs> oh yeah, no, those are literal pecans. See, you see that right by your foot? Yeah. You crack that open. That's a literal pecan, or pecan. Oh, where am I? Oklahoma, <laughs> home of oh, home of Hanson. Oklahoma. <laughs> Just crack that with your foot. You're not going to eat it. It's fine. Sorry, guys. This is, has to be. Ha- see what? The- it's a real nut. It's Jesus a real pecan. It's a uh, real pecan. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> Alter ego. <laughs> Alter ego. So, yeah, I, I do think it's it's kind of rebuilding that, you know, again, I always have this persona of when I'm playing my best tennis, I am a nightmare for my opponents. They don't want to be on the court with me. They don't want to see my name in the draw. That was when I was playing my best and I was, you know, in that right state of mind. And I think getting back to that, um, yes, Kazov is very specific. And I think some of mine kind of align with his, but it's yep. more in just like this arrogant you know yeah sure kind of way of walking on like i own the place and why are you wasting my time in this tennis court so uh as opposed to the way you have been was like why am i wasting my time on this (laughs) tennis court why am i here right now (laughs) and people are asking no no i literally asked mike multiple times yes what What, am i doing doing here here? uh uh, timores gabishvili <laughs> Bingham to New York. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Buenos Aires. Um, the second one is in Brazil. The city has changed, I believe, twice for that tournament now. Okay. Um, but I'm open to it. I think I'm the only American in the draw for all of them. And I, that's kind of like, regardless of the results, I, I feel like it's just going to be a great way to start the year for me. So I, I'm excited. And it kind of leads into, I don't know if we want to go there yet. But I'm, I'm going to get to it. Because I, yeah. I have a second point that I want to bring up that I actually raised um, with, oh, with, with Phil. Philip. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were talking mostly about the American players who mm-hmm. have played in that 100 to 300 range. Um, and I, I mentioned that it's not just with the Americans, but I think there's a general mentality, maybe from an outsider's perspective here, that the last two years are just kind of things you just kind of throw away. And there are a lot of players in your general age range, Noah, who are kind of like, this This has to be the year. 2022 <laughs> has to be it or else maybe I should do something else. And I don't mean it to be as drastic right, 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 of a, right. you know, but I, I thought about, you know, Ty, Ty is, yeah. a, is a good example of a guy who's just like the last two years, like he was at, at, at his peak COVID just washed that out. I don't think he was exactly thrilled with how he was. And I'm just like, he's probably like, fuck this regular 2022. It's got to be it. And I, I found myself thinking about you in that same regard. There are a lot of people in that maybe 25 to 28 year old range who are just like, fuck man, this has been such a shitty last couple of years. I, I need to produce. Yeah. I would say 23 to 30, even yeah, spreading maybe. It out a little bit more and speaking to them. I think the two things that we've learned is there are no safety nets in tennis. I think that was the first thing we learned. No safety yeah. net. So when, when it goes to shit, it's bringing you with it. So yeah. if you are at 120 in the world and you're playing great tennis and it goes to shit, you mean nothing. You, you are, so it's tough for a player like a tie who's doing very well. He won his first large challenger yeah, right. in Newport Beach. Yeah. And for something like that, and then he has to work his way and deal with all of this. It's like, what did I really get out of that? Yeah. You know, put so much effort in for him. It was, you know, a, you know, a conscious effort to do the right thing. So I think guys like that, and, and that's a high level ties, a high yes. level, you know, we have the guys at 300 that I know aren't coming back to play tennis. We have yes. the guys that are 26, 27, or even, you know, 22, 23, just starting and trying to, and they're like, wait, 
this is fucking tough. Yeah, right. So I think it really aged a lot of tennis players very quickly in saying, okay. Same. What? Same. <laughs> By the way, you look fantastic. I feel great. <laughs> I feel horrific. Um, yeah, it's it's sad. It's difficult because it's really proving um, how tough the sport is in yep. a much shorter period of time, which honestly may not be that bad of a situation for many people. Maybe it's, you know, we don't have a guy playing futures for 10 years, losing 50K a year, and maybe he learns, like, hey, this is maybe not for me. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I actually spoke to Martin Relicki the other day. Yeah. And he was asking, he asked me out of nowhere, we were just, like, you know, shooting the shit, and he asked me, like, a really serious question. He's like, why are you going back to tennis? Yeah. And the first thing that came to my mind was, there's something I get from tennis that I can't get anywhere else. Yep. And I know others agree with me, uh, but for me, it's so important, which is why, of course, I have these goals and motivations, but I, I, I want to play. Yeah. I want to fight. So I don't know how long that lasts. I don't know how important that is for other players or how vital that is, you know, compared to actually making a living and, right. you know, taking care of their family. But, you know, there's something that we all get from being out there competing, putting on the line that. We're not going to get in office. So I completely agree. Um, and I, I, and frankly, it's why so many players, regardless of what the, the last couple of years, why so many players have a, a tough time retiring. Impossible. It's <laughs> yeah. You, where, where do I go from here? Yes. You know, besides how am I going to get that adrenaline options? rush? Yeah. Besides, what are the options? It's like what you know. What am I gambling with this? Gambling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Sorry about the double mask here. No, I'm just trying good, to man. make sure you don't get you know a deathly disease that you can pass along to human beings. Uh, that does though, however, lead us into Andrea Gadenzi. Um, and, and obviously the, the comments he made last week have, have obviously taken off. Um, so I'll just read it here. Um, his comments are as follows. Andrea Gadenzi, chairman of the ATP. I guess I should, I should outline that for, yeah. for people who might not know. Uh, Gadenzi says, in the Challenger Tour, you should be able to break even and pay your costs, but you have to be conscious that this is sort of like a university. It's an investment. Then go and move into the Pro Tour where you have a job. More from Gadenzi. I don't think it will ever be possible to have a sustainable tour at that level, Challenger Tour, simply because it lacks the interests of the fans and the engagement of the sponsors, broadcasters, and ticket revenues. I think we just have to say that ATP needs a new PR team. It was because after Jesus, man, <laughs> after everything that's been taking place with, you know, boycotting China as well. And yeah. those things that were, I, I think we need. A, yeah. So interesting that this came out and obviously more than a few players had something to say about that on Twitter. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts uh, just initially when you first saw that quote? Um, <laughs> initially I was like, I really hope this is not an interview and I hope they like caught him speaking in a bathroom <laughs> with somebody, you know what I mean? Like, I hope <laughs> like, you know, we always talk about like locker room talk, like I hope by accident yeah. they found him like on a phone with his like, you know, uh, family friend right. or something, but what a look, Correct. you know, what a, I think the biggest and, and largest issue here is the zoom meetings that we had over a year ago now speaking about all these goals and all these plans and it just keeps going back to everything contradicts one another. I mean, Hey, we're going to help it. We're going to build this. We're going to do that. And it's like, 
Well, no, because you know the challenges are irrelevant. Why would we do that? Well, you told us. Correct. Like that's exactly just, the, that is exactly what my issue is too. Is that if this is if this is how it's going to be? Right. Okay, let's make adjustments to that. But over the last however many years, you guys have been promised a bill of goods, and so the two don't match. That statement with what you guys have been told for the last several years about improvements to the Challenger Tour just don't match. It's tough. And that's, you know, my tweets will never have everything I want to say in them. And that's yes. why I dragged doubles in because doubles in the past year, I've been speaking to people and for whatever reason, there's less filter on a lot of these people that work for the ATP now. And they're like, no, doubles was never supposed to make money. That was kind of like a supplemental thing that was supposed to add on top of it. So I drag doubles in because they're right here with it, with the challenger tour. And I mean, come on guys. Right. Like, <laughs> like what are we supposed to do with that comment? Again, with the tweet, what I brought up the limbo stage is just be who you are. <laughs> you know, we're in a day and age, be who you are. Like, don't be, don't be in this point where you're like making, trying to make everybody happy with just words. If you're going to be, I used F1 as the example, just because it's the top of the top. But if you want 10 players to make a living, let 10 players make a living. That's fine. But just say 10 players Correct. are going to make a living. Correct. So that, you know, somebody who thinks they're going to be 250 in the world does it for fun and doesn't do it for a job. And that hurts. I mean, this is basically the cherry on top to the COVID situation we've been dealing with now yeah. for a year and a half, which basically explains that tennis can't come back from this. Because in my head, mm, the I, Challenger Tour... Uh, okay, go ahead. Not tennis as a whole. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but we look at the Challenger Tour. We see the issues with not having events in the U.S. already. And, and around the world, it's struggling as well. And the priority won't be there. We know the priority won't be there. Agreed. So the building back... And, and I do have to say that I, I think this will affect tennis as a whole. We know it's a star-driven sport, but still, this will have an effect on the sport a, as a whole. A hundred percent, because if I'm if I'm a somebody who I can't raise the funds for a 250, right. but I'd love to have a, a high-level event like a challenger at my... If I, think, if I see this from the head of the... Why would I, why would I host it? Like, I just use... Why? Jensen Brooksby came to mind. Yeah. He won three challengers before he kicked off yes, his right, amazing. Sure. Bodic. What? Bodic. Yeah. I mean another one. Yeah. And uh Benjamin Bonzi put seven challenges. Like yes. if these guys I mean Brooksby was a great one because he's, you know, just coming back from injury, wasn't necessarily going to get the wild cards right off the bat without that success yes. early on. If he didn't have those challengers, if he didn't have those opportunities, we might not see the fucking unbelievable, you know, match against Djokovic at the US Open. Right. So if for people to say, oh, the best players will make it regardless, yeah, probably Brooksby would, you know, fight yes. through and find another sure. way. But who are, who are we to say that it's going to be the easiest path for him? Who are we to say it won't take another three years? Now, if if this is going to be the way we we view it, right. it and, and again, I actually, if that's the way we go, okay, but let's be upfront about it. If we treat it as a three- or four-year path, end three- or four-year path, right, um, that changes everything. Your career is almost done. Right. You're how old? 25. Fuck. Like, fuck. Yeah. There are so many players who it takes time. Maxime Cressy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a guy whose career might be done. Right. Before he's actually able to get to break through to that point. Um, so I, I, I disagree with the, the statement in, in that context. What I've been heartened by, Noah, is that 
you know, just seeing the discussions about it on Twitter, there's an interest, you know, and you and I come from a very American centric viewpoint, obviously in Europe, some of those challengers do incredibly well, fan interest, television viewing here in the States. We have some challengers that are packed every single night. It can be done. It has shown that it can be done. Maybe as a whole, we need better organization to think about exactly which markets we should be putting it in. Um, that's that's absolutely up for discussion. Carousel chimed in, and I completely agree that challenger wins should lead to a wild card into an ATP event. I True love pathway. that idea. Yes, a pathway. That's the whole point. That's the point of it. And, and, and like people might disagree with that in some way, shape, or form, and I totally understand. Maybe not everyone leads to a wild card. Right, right. Whatever. The point is, let's think about it from the top down. How do you, you know, I, I love that the fact that you were a beneficiary a couple of years ago of the USTA's wild card challenge. It got right. you into, perfect. Right. Let's start doing that with little series. If, you know, it's down like in South... It's satellite series nearly. Again. Right. Yeah. Like if you, the, the three events you're playing in South America, right. you win, you have the most points out of those three, you get into Rio. Right. Done. Right. Like that's, that's but it's going to take top-down thinking about like how we structure. And that's, that's the issue because in order to make every, all of this successful, all of this a, a natural pathway, like an actual provide opportunity. So it's, you know, it's, if you will, to take this university idea, okay, how do we provide the internship? It's with a wild card. Okay. So let's make sure that if you are successful here, you actually get a, an opportunity to show for a, for a, your summer internship. And then you can, right. you know, go from there. There there's so much thought that can be put into this about how maybe at the challenger level, we start doing some of the things you want to do on the BTR tour and maybe have a little bit more of a music festival feel with food trucks and shit like that. Yeah. I just, but it's going to take, it's going to take thinking that goes outside of the box. The, the idea of the corn ferry tour in golf. I mean, like a, a separate entity. Okay then put somebody else in charge of it who's going to be like, I'm going to go outside of the box and we're going to make this successful and we're going to work so that these challengers provide opportunities to get into some of the bigger events. It's like the ATP is like a cancer to the challenger tour. Like we're fighting from the inside out where, you know, you just brought up the understanding of then put it under somebody else's watch. Let it just yep. be called the challenger tour, non-affiliation with ATP. You know, that's, that's fine. They can get ATP points, but Right now, with a discussion like this, um, the two things is just, you know, proving again that it, it is nearly irrelevant, the Challenger Tour, in the eyes of the ATP. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, he, he compares it to, you know, paying dues at a university or something like that. You but don't know is, anything about that, first off, but that, go on. <laughs> I read books and stories. <laughs> but, but the guarantee, where's the guarantee then? Where does that come? You know, where, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that you graduate university and you're, you know, you're getting a job the next day, but you know, that, that percentage is sure of a hell of a lot higher than it is sure. of being 80 in the world after you play a few challengers. So, right, right, right. you know, it was just a, for somebody that's in the world of tennis that knows tennis, it was like an extremely ignorant statement and, you know, almost just like inappropriate for a lot of players to be reading this 
I, I know yeah. it was hurtful. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm not even a player. I'm, but I'm obviously involved. I, it hurt. Right. It hurt me because he, you know, mentions it doesn't have the engagement of broadcasters. I'm like, well, well, well there's at least one. Thanks. <laughs> there's at least one guy out here who gives a shit. Really working hard. Only um, been doing twelve hours a day for seven years, but. But I, I mean. Yeah. There are. I, I know. I can say that. I, I have been to all of these events in the States where I see night crowds that are nuts, right? And comparable to 250s. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, so you can't tell me that the fan interest isn't there. Maybe we just need to have a little bit more organizational thought top down to how to make it successful so that it is coherent and that it all makes sense and that it's not just haphazard. And that would be that that's I, I would love for Andrea Gadenzi actually to sit down with players from around the world, maybe a group of seven to ten challenger players who have been at, at various stages, some at the early levels, some are you know, who've been around for seven or eight years but are still playing a lot at the challenger level. Myself, yeah. some of the supervisors who have been out there, and let's just say, okay, what what has worked where and how can we make that happen? Because it's a good product, man a good product the last thing i you know that i felt after reading it that kind of you know relayed to me and ptpa talks and everything was like sounds like he gave up you know yeah it sounds like it was just like he got to a brick wall his own atps whatever because we're blaming it on Godenzi, and there's a lot that his fault and pr and everything else but there's other people behind this sure. you know and and i just feel that he gave up. I will. I will say this. I. I. I actually. I truly empathize. <laughs> frankly, I mean, listen. He's had missteps, and we we haven't even talked about the ATP response with Peng Shui yet. Yeah, but no. I mean, that's yeah, one. a disaster. But I mean, I mean, I. I think people who are in charge right now and trying to lead companies, I do have empathy for them because most of them are trying their damnedest to just no. try and get just through right now. It's exhausting. For all of us, all of us, right? That's yeah. But I, I think it also, you know, separate the men from the boys kind of thing. I, I, it shows, and we see it in like dumb shows like Shark Tank, and you're like, mm. wow, that was the entrepreneur that took this, took the bull by the horns during this time, and said, hey, we're going to make a change, and we're going to, and this is what we spoke about. Hey, this was a time to make a change, yeah. to experiment, and and not only didn't we do that, we're in a very interesting time right now in tennis history, so. I empathize. I mean, I know we joke about the BTR tour, but in my little world, how hard I've worked to try to get something off the ground and know the brick walls I've passed. So, you know, I empathize, but I also see that it has like this just like depletion, you know? Yes, it's sure. like this, oh, shit. Well, we're also, I mean, it doesn't excuse this, but we're all fucking exhausted right now. Yeah. And we're about to go through what looks like it's going to be a really shitty winter. Yeah. Um, I've also... I said it on Twitter yesterday. I have some real doubts about Australian Open actually happening. I have real doubts about it actually happening, considering that this we're recording on the 18th. I'll probably release it tomorrow because I don't have anything else to do with my life right now since <laughs> I have COVID. Um, but like the next week here in the States is going to be hellacious. It is true. The way anecdotally, right? Like you and I both, I, you know, I like numbers and statistics and empirical thought and facts, right? My anecdotal evidence of one event and how many people who are vaccinated and boosted got sick 
it, it's off the charts. It's off the charts. The next week, two weeks here in the States is going to be absolutely hellacious. I think Australia is going to see that. The government, not Tennis Australia, but the government is going to be like, what? why the fuck are we going to let people in? Now, I've already seen certain things with some of the cricket teams that are going to Australia, yeah. and they kind of went back on the word about the close contact situation. Yeah. And close contact, I mean, that, that could be 500 people in a day. Yep. And so my best guess, if I was a gambling man, would be no ACPs prior to the Australian I Open. I think that's probably accurate. quarantine upon arrival, which would then force players without much conditioning to play three out of five sets or two out of three or a grand slam at any point with after two weeks of quarantine. I think that's the best case scenario because shit again, we heard about this in New York and it's been like four days and it's like shutting down again. Yep. So I, it's worrying me. Yep. But uh, I'll be in (laughs) stuck there. (laughs) At least it'll be warm. At least you've got that going for you. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. It's cold in Tulsa right now. It's fine. It's like, it's 40, it's 39. Okay. That's actually cold. It's a three. You're, it's nice of you to wear a light spring jacket. (laughs) Dumbass. You knew you were going to be outside. Nothing else. I was going to Tulsa. Uh, thanks for coming to my house. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe next time, uh, when you come here, we can actually like hang out in the house and have a cold frosty beverage and, yeah, hopefully we don't have the Xenotron variant God. of whatever is going to be next. And I'm just, like four weeks ago, I really thought, like, 2022, everything's going to be kosher. I'm licking every sidewalk I can get my hands on. I think that's a smart plan. Yeah. Um, get a lot of animal diseases from that, too. I mean, that seems And now seems Noah has rabies. Okay. Um. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Do we do we have any guests lined up next week? Oh wow! Right on the spot. Don't you I got anybody that. for us? Yeah, yeah. I'll get somebody. You. I mean, you told me that like two weeks ago too. Yeah. But then you went to Mexico. And, I did. I yeah. did that. Yeah. But so, I, that was just that I didn't like you. Well, I understand that. Um, I kind of. Oh, we have a job to do. Yeah, I mean, us. there's. Yes. We have relevance here, obviously. I mean, listen, <laughs> oh, we're yeah. we're no we're no no boundaries podcast with Nick Kyrgios. God damn it. <laughs> Who are those two white men with Mary Carillo? Who, who are they? <laughs> Why were they speaking at all? It's <laughs> a valid point. A <laughs> uh, very valid point with, when it comes to Mary Carillo, because why would we be speaking when Mary Carillo is... What's... Fox? What? Was it a fox? I don't know. There's a lot of There's a lot happening. of wildlife out here. We've got <laughs> a, a, all sorts of birds. We've got a, 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 a cat that just kind of... There's pecans resides. on the floor. Pecans and... on the ground. Lots of squirrels. Um... Uh, apparently, my next door neighbor here, they seem very nice. Uh, they did try to rescue and rehab a squirrel. Unfortunately, it didn't go well. But uh, in a couple <laughs> weeks, they're getting chickens. Oh, God. They, they're going to get chickens. Thanks for coming by, guys. Okay. Uh, listen, uh, if, 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 if Noah's unable to provide a guest next week, but I'm sure he is, I'm sure he is. Uh, have a have a Merry Christmas for those of you who celebrate. Um, I'm like four weeks late on Happy Hanukkah because I didn't realize Hanukkah actually could be in November. I actually I did I I didn't I didn't know. <laughs> yep, makes it completely irrelevant. Uh, but enjoy your Happy Hanukkah. Day. Yeah, Happy Holidays. Um, yeah, talk to you soon. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at Noah Rubin thirty three at Mike C Tennis and at 
Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.